0: From the Tie Cats Audio Network. This is Tie Cats Today with Louis Budco
1: Yes, it is Tie Cats today for a Wednesday, July the 6th, 2022. The Tie Cats remain on the bye week. So let's get right into it with my guest today, Courtney Steven, a director of community partnerships with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and a former Tie Cat himself. And uh, Court, the Tie Cats are on the bye week, but. Uh, there was a great turnout last night for a great initiative launched uh, by the Cats and Dane Evans. It was the play it forward program. Uh, tell us a little about what happened at the stadium last night,
2: man. It was so much fun. Uh, great turnout, uh, a lot of action, a lot of young people running around playing sports and we didn't just keep it to football uh, because we know kids just love to play the game. They love to play whatever game, roll the ball out, whatever shape it is and they'll have fun. So, Uh, the play it forward program is something championed by Dane Evans, where we work together with some of the local indigenous communities to bring out some youth, give them a chance to come down to Tim Horton's field where the pros play and, you know, just just spend the evening kicking it around. We had some soccer going on. We had some football going on and we had a bunch of the Thai cats out there just rooting them on, giving them tips and high fives, handshakes, pictures, autographs, all that good stuff that, uh, make something, something like that fun.
1: And it really is a great initiative to get to tie Dane's indigenous heritage and where we are situated you know, within the Hamilton Tiger Cats organization with six nations and the, the, you know, the, the, uh, ancient land that we are on the land acknowledgements we do before every game and, uh, really the, the indigenous part of that, how big of an initiative has that been for this organization in the last few years, especially.
2: Well, you know, uh, it's very important to each of us who, to know like who we are, where we come from, especially in Dane circumstance, given that there aren't a large number of uh, people who identify as indigenous in the CFL. So it's uh, great to have somebody representative of those communities. So reaching out to the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Um, the Six Nations, and also the urban indigenous population that are here in Hamilton, the city um, outside of the reservation, just trying to find something that's like a common link between all of those different youth. Give them something to be proud of. Obviously, they're they're proud of the, their culture, regardless of if we recognize it or not, but we want them to feel seen, acknowledged, um, and let them know that absolutely they got a place to come and hang out and play and And uh, hopefully the message of playing it forward, it it can stand for the game representing a way to pass on some of those life lessons that football and sports in general teach us about navigating all the different things we face in life. So that's, that's what it's all about. It was a lot of fun and I'd say it was a huge success.
1: And it was a busy week at Tim Hortons field because on Monday there was a high school skills camp, I guess uh, what was going down on Monday and uh, a real cool opportunity for uh for some local football players to get a chance to learn from some pros
2: yeah and you know just more of the same man we got a little bit of an older group there It was the high school football players from all around hamilton and the, the other areas outside of hamilton we had people coming in from all over but it's just a chance for the guys to give back like when you work with somebody who's playing for the love of the game there's no checks there's no contracts the only thing that's on the line is your pride and your sweat and you left to go out there and compete against some other people from across the city, across the town. Um, it was it was a great event, man. We had the music bumping. We had the drills going. And, and more important than anything, like, guys got better. So it was a ton of fun. Of course, we had the DBs and wide receivers doing one-on-ones because that's what I love to see. Um, but, no, it was a ton of fun, and a lot of the Ticast guys It gave them a, a chance to reconnect with the the reason they fell in love with the game was just because – it is a game and it's a whole lot of fun when you get to play it.
1: And can you remember growing up playing high school, you know, uh, in Ontario, what it meant to have a player, a CFL or to learn, whether it was at a camp, whether it was at school, or what it means to those players who are probably made, you know, favorite players for life on Monday night.
2: Man, it's, it's a real light bulb moment when you realize that these guys putting on the helmet and the shoulder pads are literally, they're just people like me and you. They go to the grocery store, they get car trouble, they, they have a cell phone built. They're just a regular guy just like me or you, except they worked on a certain skill, dedicated years after years of focused energy on reaching a certain point where they could be proficient enough to be paid for their effort. And I think that's the, the main thing is like when people realize that, man, maybe I could be here. Maybe I could be putting on that black and gold one day. Maybe I could play in front of, you know, twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people in a crowd. I think that's the coolest part because that's when you really start to see those guys believe in themselves, dig in. And you know what? That's what we're here for is just to inspire, to motivate and to lift up the next generation.
1: Now, you mentioned some of the vets that gave their time both Monday and Tuesday, either day. Uh, that's that's huge considering it's it's their bye week. They get three bye weeks a season, and they're you know they're zero and four. Let's transition to that because what does it mean to see these guys give up their time and use their time when they they probably want to think about nothing but football during a bye week?
2: Man, I, I think you'd be surprised at how energizing it could be to reconnect with the essence of the game. Uh, there's so much at stake in a performance business where, you know, you could be eating breakfast with a guy. And by the time you go to meetings and get back in the locker room, he's no longer your teammate because the GM or somebody came and pulled him up, asked him for his playbook. That's just the nature of the beast when you're playing pro ball. So when you get a chance to go back and see the kids who are just falling in love with the game, who are starting out, who are you know, they still got those uh, those baby deer legs. They're still a little wobbly. They're still figuring out how to do everything. It just ignites that passion again for you. So I think it is a little bit of a reprieve from the stresses of the intensity of, you know, what is your record? How many yards are you putting up? How many turnovers do you have? What is your production been? I think this is a a bit of a, a step back for guys. And it's a breath of fresh air to, to connect with guys who are just playing for the love of the game.
1: Uh, so to that point, Ticats are 0-4. You were a player not so long ago. You got, went through stretches where things weren't going well. You went into the bye weeks on a loss. I mean, there's how are you thinking that guys are handling this week? What, what would you be doing if you were still on this team? How would you be looking at this bye week?
2: Uh, definitely taking a chance to, to get your body to optimal shape. It's a marathon. Anybody who's thinking that they can just go and 100% do nothing, man, they are got to be fooling themselves. You're going to take a break for sure, but your, your body is your moneymaker. So you're going to want to tune it up, um, take a chance to get back to 100% healthy, which is a rare thing in pro sports. But then also you you really do have to take time away from the game mentally this thing is a grind and when you have a certain amount of pressure on you consistently over time it can wear on your mental health and we always talk about high performance we talk about speed power strength but what about focus right guys have to get a chance to replenish their focus and not to say that anybody is not a pro they're not going to come ready to work but when you have a different type of vitality that comes from a clear mind that comes from you know feeling a higher sense of, okay, today I woke up, it's a clean slate. I can take a step in whatever direction I want. That's gonna give you that energy you need to turn that 0-4 into the next 4-0 and 0 streak. You get back to 500 and then all of a sudden these narratives from the first, not even quarter of the season are thrown out the window and we can start talking about what's really the fact of the matter, which is the best team in the Eastern division has one win. And so despite how things feel, we have to always go back to the way that things actually are. And the facts say that the Ticats are one game out of first place in the East.
1: You stole the next question right out of my mouth. Because how how big of a mental factor is that? That, yeah, it's okay, 0-4 sucks, but there's still 14 games and one game back of first place in the east like i mean is that any it through your mind are you checking the standings at this point of the season like what do you you know you're zero and four but how aware are you of where you actually are
2: well i think it, if anything it gives you a heat check of what you need to work on and that's the best thing about this is that you have time to take those corrective measures and we all know that there's a team down the qew they wear the same color twice mm-hmm. um We play them a bunch of times this year, right? And that is another thing that's up the sleeve because you will have direct control over how you place in the standings versus this team if your records are similar when you go into those battles, those four games. So I think more of it is the setup to those late season divisional games. Those are going to be very critical. Of course, you want to win at home. You want to win in the division. But at this point in time, you see where you're at. Okay, we've had some struggles in the offensive line. We've had some struggles with the turnovers. We've had some struggles getting off the field on second down in, in the second half of the game. Okay, great. Now we know those things. When you go back to practice, guess what you do? You work on them. That's the only choice you have is pro ball. You bring your hard hat, your lunch pail, all the cliches. But shoot, man, there is no magic formula. You just got to keep working. And eventually, eventually... The ball will bounce the other way. You just can't let go of the rope and start listening to guys like me and you who are on the radio talking about, is the season in jeopardy? You just got to stay focused on the task at hand.
1: I I have never asked that question. I've not asked that question this week. (laughs) Nobody is saying that, Courtney. They're they're one game back in first place in the East. You just said so. Uh, Let's tie this all together back to your uh, director of community partnerships. Uh, What what are you looking at on the horizon? I know you got a lot of cool stuff happening and and lots of stuff going on at the stadium, but – uh, what what's what what's your uh, your? I know it's not a bye week for you, so what what are you looking forward to?
2: Oh man, honestly, uh, we got a little bit of downtime, and by that I mean maybe a few days here. Um, but then once we get into August, it's almost school time again. And when school's out, you know we're we'll, we're gonna be in the classrooms, we're gonna be on the field with the high school teams. A uh, ton of great community partners that we work with, too many to name, but we're gonna be supporting a lot of initiatives around some things developing in the Hamilton area. So whether it's at Tim Hortons Field, whether it's in the schools, whether it's with our community partners, we will be out and active. So look for that black and gold. And when you see somebody, stop them, say hi, and maybe get a picture. They'll probably say yes.
1: They'll, they, hopefully they'll say yes. They probably uh, will say yes. I can't, <laughs> I, you, you can't, I can't be held to that. <laughs> well, it depends on where you ask them and when you ask them. But, yes, they, they probably will say yes. Uh, Court, man, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it as always. All right, man. That is the director of Community Partnerships, Courtney Stephen, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and, of course, a former Tiger Cat himself. All right, Tiger Cats on the bye week, so no uh, new sound to get to from practice. Uh, they will return to practice on Sunday next week as uh, they enjoy the week off. So we decided to go into the Tiger Cats Audio Network vault uh, where earlier this season I attended the uh, Ticats Cats alumni golf tournament at Flamborough Hills, and I was able to catch up with a, a couple of alumni. And over the course of the next few days, uh, you'll be hearing some of those interviews. Uh, and let's start here with Les Brown. Yes, yes, Les Brown got a chance to catch up with him, and uh, we started our conversation talking about his favorite memory as a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats
3: going to the Grey cup three years in a row 1984 85 and 86 and then winning it in 1986 and that was really memorable because of the the total point game that we had in toronto <laughs> was just i mean it was something that i've never done before right never been involved with before and and was just awesome to come back from a 17 uh, point deficit and, and win to go to the great cup.
1: Do you remember where you were watching from when that punt sailed over the head there?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um no not really. <laughs> but you remember the punt going over there. I, I sure do. <laughs> uh, what was it about your time in Hamilton that made it special? Oh I'm telling you the memories that I have
3: with all these guys that I played with like Grover Covington, Mike Walker, Mitch Price, uh, Rod Skillman, Ben Zambiazzi, uh, Howard Fields, Mark Streeter, uh, Paul Bennett, Um, every last one of them. I mean, there's uh, Lance Shields. There's so many memories, especially with our secondary, and that's why at one point, we broke uh, the interception record and in, uh, in the CFL. And then when I went to Winnipeg, um, me and <laughs> me and Rod Hill had I had 14 and he had 12. We also broke that record. rebroke broke that record <laughs> again. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it was so many good memories, especially here in Hamilton. Tons. Mike Walker, some that. like something I really can't share.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Darn, those are those what we were hoping for. Uh, okay, next time, next time, maybe. Uh, We've brought up Mike Walker. He's going to the Hall of Fame in just a couple of weeks. Uh, long overdue for sure. But what does it mean to see your teammate get inducted? Like well,
3: that? like them, like you just said. Long overdue. I mean, like Mike, Mike is in that position where he gets overlooked. But Mike is in that, also that position where he plays over top of the center in the guard, where he's going to get double teamed almost every snap. And still, he is like third or some, have something on the sack list. I mean, like that's amazing in itself. And to be an inside guy and have like 70 or 80 in a, you know, sacks is crazy when you're being double teamed almost every snap.
1: Oh, so, I mean, that defense, the defense has always been a hallmark of the Ticats. Why is that? Why, why is it that TICADS teams, especially ones that are successful, are always defined, it seems, by their defense? Can I tell you a story? When I
3: first came here in 1984, going up to uh, Brock University, you know, as a rookie, yeah. um, partway through our rookie camp, there was this big gentleman who showed up at, at camp and everybody I was like, who in the hell is that big guy over there? And they were like, hey, you know, that's Angelo Mosca, right? So Ang came over. And he coaches stopped the practice, introduced him. He talked to the players and he told (laughs) the defense, this is a defensive city. They love defense. You guys perform. And they will cheer <laughs> right and, don't perform. and yeah and then he got and he told us you know about you know the you know the times before and all you know when he was playing and stuff like that and about what defense means and we already knew that defense wins championships it's only now that they try to change that verb verbication rate is and you outscore people no defense wins championships and we always knew that so that's why we always strive to be the best and we had a really good coaching staff too that they, they knew that and they strive to be the best as
1: well what's your favorite
3: part about a day like today well, seeing the, old, the guys that I played with, right? And playing golf, I like the game, man. It's it's a game that you can't conquer, right? So every day it's a, it's a different challenge. And like, you know, we got the winds picking up right now and everything. So in a new course I've never played, you know? So it's a challenge. It's like, you know, covering Earl Winfield when I had to cover him, Mur Fernandez when I had to cover him, uh, Terry Greer when I had to cover him. I mean, it's it's a challenge and I like challenges.
1: <laughs> yeah, we look out there. And that is Les Brown as we caught up with him at the Cats Alumni Golf Tournament earlier this year as we go into the Cats Audio Network vault. Uh, before we go, let's hear from uh, Henry Waschuk. He was also down there at Flamborough Hills earlier this summer, and we started with him, his favorite memory as a Tiger Cat. Here's what he had to say.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, there's so many because... Um... In the era that I played, um, even though there were still greats, like Garney Henley was still playing when I came in as a rookie and so on, Angel Mosca just retired, so there was a lot of, you know, when you think of quality players that were standouts in the league and so on, and I was so scared as a, a rookie coming in and so on, but they always said, well, you're Canadian, you'll be all right, you know. So, But um, so many great seasons, we're always... Underdogs, and it was always coming down to the Argos and us and such a great rivalry, but I think, uh, I can't remember the season it was, but we had to win by, like, 19 points to advance to the Eastern final, and, you know, we were total underdogs, and we won exactly by th- those points, and it was like, are you kidding me? And probably my... Um, other kind of highlight is scoring a touchdown as a center. You know, I, uh, I was pretty quick because I was originally a fullback, got moved to center, so I had good speed, and I would snap the ball and then run downfield and first one down, knocked the ball out of the guy, went into the end zone, jumped on it, and like, I got a touchdown. So it's, it was pretty cool.
1: And that is Henry Waschuk, a former Cat as we caught up with him at the Cats Alumni Golf Tournament earlier this year summer well, that'll do it for us today my thanks to courtney steven for joining me and my thanks to you for tuning in because even on the bye week we could not do the show without your support make sure you like and subscribe so you never miss an episode of this show or any of the other great shows on the Ty audio network i'm louis butco we're back tomorrow on the Ty audio network from all of us here hope you have a great day
0: tie today can be heard every weekday and we would like to hear from you Email us at gameday at TieCats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We wanna hear it. That's Game Subscribe to the TieCats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.